Welcome, everybody, to our ongoing nightclub interview series, where my guest today is my dear friend, the lucid dreaming author and nightmare expert, Dr. Claire Johnson. We had such a rich time talking about her latest book, The Art of Transforming Nightmares, where Claire provocatively talks about nightmares as essentially gifts in ugly wrapping paper. And learning how to unpack these gifts is a first part in transforming them. This approach is completely resonant with the tantric and alchemical views where obstacles are opportunities in disguise. We talk about what causes nightmares, how to work with them at relative and absolute levels, the essence of nightmare principles, and how nightmares really can wake us up spiritually. The real jewel of this book are all the practical exercises behind it, and Claire shares many of her favorite ones. The book essentially is about fear and how we can follow our fear really into authentic, genuine growth. Not only can we rescript a nightmare, we can rescript the very egoic processes that give rise to all nightmares itself, including samsara. So what we discuss here fundamentally is the deepest kind of right view behind nightmares. Conjoining right view with these practical exercises, this conversation will leave you with all manner of tips and tricks you can use right away to bring unwanted dreams onto the path. Welcome, everybody. Andrew Holacek here for our ongoing nightclub interview series. And um, I'm especially delighted today to talk to one of my dear advisors, friends in the lucid dreaming community, um, Dr. Claire Johnson, who I quite assuredly now refer to as the queen of lucidity. Um, and you'll see <laughs> why when, when we talk about our most uh, recent and quite remarkable book. But as usual, I'm going to do the briefest um, formal introduction, and then we're just going to jump right in. So Claire Johnson, PhD, is past president and CEO of the International Association for the Study of Dreams. A lifelong frequent lucid dreamer, Claire has over 40 years of personal lucid dream experience. In 2007, she became the first person in the world to do a PhD on lucid dreaming as a creative writing tool. She has researched lucid dreaming for over 20 years, over 25 years, and for the past 16 years, she has taught practical courses on how to access the deep creative and healing potential of the unconscious. And the rest of her remarkable uh, bio we will post with this interview. But um, thank you so much, dear Claire, for taking time out of your really busy schedule to hang with us a little bit. So great to have you around for a second interview. I'm super psyched. Oh, thank you, Andrew. It's always such a joy to talk to you. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I'm very happy to be here. It's uh, it's just wonderful to connect with you again. Yeah, likewise, likewise. And, and I want to share, on a, start on a slightly personal note, um, how important Claire has been in my own dream life, in addition to reading her most remarkable books. I had a, a really powerful dream back, I think it was December, when there was that unique confluence, this astrological confluence of all these planets coming into alignment. And that very night, I had a really intense, it wasn't a nightmare, but it was just a very charged dream in, in Southern California, which is where at that point COVID was just going ballistic. And it was 
was all about um, ICU units and there wasn't enough critical care kind of things. And the dream was so impactful that that um, I actually woke up from the dream, did something I hadn't done before, which was um, kind of incubate a second dream to help me understand the first dream. And the second dream was a lucid one. And, and part of the message of this, the second one was um, ask your dream advisors for some help. And so first person that came to mind was, I'm going to ask my dear friend, Claire. And so I wrote to Claire um, about this dream, and she was extremely generous and kind to respond immediately with an incredibly insightful kind of uh, interpretation analysis that was just absolutely spot on. So thank you once again for helping me unpack that. I was so close to that dream. I, in, a, in a way, I couldn't see it. And the fact that you were, what, maybe 8,000 miles away, right? You had had a new perspective that was extraordinarily helpful. So I'm very grateful for that. Oh, you're so welcome. Happy to help. (laughs) Yeah. But what we want to focus on today is um, Claire's most amazing recent book, The Art of uh, Transforming Nightmares, Um, Harness the Creative and Healing Power of Bad Dreams, Sleep Paralysis, and Recurring Nightmares. And I was really uh, blown away by this book, Claire. And, and I immediately thought of uh, the etymology of the word guru, um, which literally comes from roots. The, the root G-U means darkness, and, and ru means like destroyer or illuminator. And so I said, oh my, oh my gosh, here's Claire. She's <laughs> the, the darkness destroyer. She's uh, uh, the one who brings, you know, the lucid dreaming guru who brings light into the darkness of these nightmares. And so there's so much I want to talk to you about with this book, because not only does it provide, and and, and let me say the greatest gift for me, Claire, is that it really situated the extraordinary power of um, nightmares. And it's completely resonant with Buddhist approaches where they talk about the uh, unbelievable power and importance of right view. In fact, in the Eightfold Noble Path that the Buddha articulated that leads to enlightenment, the first of these eight factors is in fact called right view. And so when I read your book, I said, oh my gosh, this is absolutely the right view for how to work with these nightmares. And by that, what I mean, and let me just say a teeny bit, and then we're going to jump right in and throw it into your court is that I found your book actually highly tantric in nature. And and by that, what I mean is that one of the essence um, or the spirit of tantra, similar to the alchemical traditions, is transforming lead into gold, transforming obstacle into opportunity. And this was really the genius of this book, that, that in a completely tantric way, you dove right into one of the darkest arenas of the human condition, which is the nightmare and using an incredibly skillful body of personal experience or rigorous research and then extensive communication with uh, nightmare sufferers around the world, you unfold for us, I think the most compelling illuminating way to relate to nightmares. And I love what you say several times in the book. I thought it's just so spot on that uh, nightmares are basically a gift and ugly wrapping paper. And so in the most amazing way, you unwrap it and and you talk about how it is that if we relate to nightmares properly, in fact, I believe um, this is a quote from your book, the worse the nightmare, the greater the transformative potential. 
this is totally a tantric maxim that the greater the obstacle, the greater the opportunity. Um, Trungpa Rinpoche, one of my main teachers says, you know, chaos should be regarded as extremely good news. And so with this as a, a little bit of a preparatory set of comments, let's jump into this most amazing topic, um, nightmares. And um, first of all, what inspired you? Let's start, we'll start very foundationally before we go to the deeper end of the pool. What inspired yeah. you to um, undertake such a nightmarish project? <laughs> it was actually a really hard book to write. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I was flooded with people's nightmares from all over the globe and, uh, you know, had to kind of, as you say, sort of sort of pour them into the book and do them justice. But um, really, I would say that uh, the start of this book uh, was from my very early childhood. My very first memory is of a nightmare where I was drowning and I became lucid in that dream just for a moment, realized that I could wake myself up from this nightmare of drowning, uh, ended up uh, falling out of bed. And then my mother said to me, it was just a dream. It wasn't real. Uh, and that that really changed my whole life, that really early memory. I was just three years old um, because it, it showed me um, that there were these super real experiences, which could also be very scary, very frightening. And they were dismissed as being not real. Um, and that was a strange moment for me in my life. Um, and then I carried on having nightmares, sometimes lucid nightmares, where I felt that, uh, you know, I knew that it was a dream, but I couldn't wake myself up. Uh, other situations where I was very scared because there was this huge vibration going on around me. Of course, I had no idea about out-of-body experiences and that that's often the onset to these. So this was all during very early childhood, aged around seven or eight. I used to have these vibrations and then fly up out over the house uh, and turn them into amazing lucid dreams. I just had to teach myself um, to, to cope with all these strange experiences with no one able to advise me. So in a very real way, I had to um, figure it all out for myself um, and, and find these, these resources just by trial and error, work out how to deal with this extreme fear that I would sometimes feel in these states. Um, and then I had loads of sleep paralysis experiences when I was around 20, pretty much every night, uh, where I would feel that I was being shoved around in the darkness by invisible entities. And I, at first I would struggle and I was frightened. And then of course it got worse because it's a thought responsive environment, you know? Um, and, and so eventually with that, I taught myself a form of yoga nidra. I didn't know then what yoga nidra was, uh, but I taught myself to relax and calm down and breathe. And then uh, I imagined this beautiful space opening up before me and effortlessly lucid I would then enter that incredible dream space. So I was basically practicing wake-induced lucid dreaming. Mm -hmm. um, so I had all of those kinds of experiences, uh, then ended up doing the PhD on lucid dreaming and all of that. But I found that people would write to me all the time, really upset because they were having uh, debilitating nightmares. Um, some people actually 
get to the point where they don't want to live because their nightmares are so awful and they're destroying their night of sleep and they don't know what to do. And of course, if you wake up exhausted, you get into a really negative cycle um, because you're exhausted, can't cope with the usual pressures of life, uh, become anxious, depressed, go back to sleep, have the nightmares again. Of course, you know, it just becomes this vicious circle. So I was contacted a lot by people in that uh, difficult situation. Also, people who were terrified of out-of-body um, out experiences, thinking they were going to die when they left their body, um, people stuck in sleep paralysis, um, experiencing uh, terrible, terrifying attacks in sleep paralysis states, uh, people in nightmares where they were lucid, they knew it was a dream but couldn't wake themselves up, didn't know how to change things around. And I just suddenly realized you know what, instead of writing back to all these people individually, which was what I was doing, I thought I've just got to get it all into a book and make it a really, really super practical book uh, that's actually going to help people so that I can direct them towards this and know that it's got all my best knowledge and you know everything that I've learned painstakingly over the years on my own journey and everything I've learned from helping other people with their nightmare stories I'm just going to put it into that book um, in the hope of helping people so that's that's how the book happened just responding really to all of those people oh I have no doubt it's going to be and I'm, I'm sure it already is just a monumental benefit there's one of the great gifts for me as I alluded to it in the intro is the the marvelous juxtaposition of, of um, so-called theory overview with just an intense, beautiful array of super practical um, exercises, practices, which what I, I want to get to in just a little bit. But let's let's start, Claire, with um, giving you the floor to unpack and say more about, in fact, the, the right view, so to speak, of relating to nightmares. Um, talk to us a little bit about how nightmares really are, if they're viewed properly, truly are um, opportunities in disguise. And, and that, you know, they're, they're venues where we can bring about levels of transformation and healing directly proportional, in fact, to the intensity of the nightmare itself. So talk to us a little bit more about that because that in itself yeah. is a monumental contribution to this book. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so, well, you know, the main question that I would get about nightmares was, how do I stop them? And I thought, it's interesting that that's all anyone thinks about. They don't say to me, Claire, what can my nightmares teach me? <laughs> but uh, in fact, when we shine a light on our nightmares, we gain insight, wholeness, healing, empathy, spiritual growth, and compassion. And these are all things we need in order to live a happier, more fulfilled life and be of service to others. Because when we're in touch with ourselves, we can help others much more. Nightmares have incredible transformative energy. And so we, we really need to kind of face the nightmares and unwrap them because they are gifts and it's um it's very difficult for people to understand this because they feel un they feel attacked by their nightmares and i completely understand that myself because i've been there but i found and i've seen in my work that really the most empowering thing that anyone can do is to work with this nightmare 
with a therapist if it's a really terrible one or with a trusted friend, but work with it, unpack it, unwrap its meaning because nightmares are like red flags. They pop up to say, hey, there's something here you haven't dealt with yet. There's an issue here that needs addressing. Your attention is needed right here, right now. And so if we ignore the nightmares, um, you know, they don't go away. They'll come back in a different form. Some people have recurring nightmares um, that recur over, you know, 30 or 40 or 50 years of their life, believe it or not. Um, and they've never tried to unpack the nightmare and find out what it's really saying, or else they think they know what it's about and they just don't want it and they repress it and push it down. So it's this kind of fear-based reaction that actually doesn't get us anywhere in the end. It's much better to face our fears because often it's so much easier than we ever dreamed it would be. When we actually face the fears, they're smaller than we thought, or we see a way out. Nightmares often offer us solutions as well. And the most empowering thing that I have noticed in my work with people suffering from recurring traumatic nightmares or relentless anxiety dreams is to let them know they have options. They don't have to suffer and feel victimized and distraught every night. They can change their dream life. And that's why um, I've come up with a load of techniques to help people to do this, to change their dream life, to empower themselves. Uh, and I think a question that it's always good to ask yourself is, who are you when you dream? You know, how do you react in your dream? Are you an empowered dreamer? Are you highly aware or are you vulnerable? Do you get chased? Do you get killed or attacked in your dreams? Are you fearful? What's your common response to these fearful situations? You know, how do you react to fear in a nightmare? Do you flee or fight or freeze or wake up or become lucid? So, it's very important to see the kind of dreamer that you currently are, but not to get worried if you're not empowered currently, because you can change that. That's the beauty of doing the nightmare work. Uh, it's incredibly transformative because nightmares are so, so powerful. So when we actually, you know, pluck up our courage and engage with them and work with them, we are unleashing so much more energy. We're freeing up energy for ourselves and we empower ourselves, not only in the sleep and dream state, but in our waking lives as well. And that is a, a true gift that we can get from nightmares. Yeah, well, that's really well said. And I love what you said at the outset that you, you, know, you, you are able to shine light upon these nightmares. And, and what immediately came yeah. to mind is, is that in so doing, you actually then come to reveal the light that's actually within them. That that yeah. if we um, look at things properly, this is actually these opportunities are tucked deeply within. And, and the other thing that came to mind here that I really enjoyed what you said here, Claire, is, mm. is how it is that in a very real way, this level of uh, empowerment in my languaging, it's, it's a little bit, you know, using political jargon, it's a, a peaceful transfer of power back to its yeah. rightful source. Because if, if we don't understand, again, if we have a wrong view, we unwittingly imbue, confer, uh, project power onto these nightmares that is not inherent within them. And therefore, then that power comes back to create, in fact, what we deem to be the nightmare 
situation altogether. So I, I, I yeah. really love this notion that it's a transfer of power back to its rightful source, which is us. And therefore, we we learn how to take ownership, responsibility, and see these events um, for the gifts that they really are. And and also in the languaging of of the Vajrayana, the Tantra, I wanted to read a line from your book and then um, comment a little bit about it and then Mm -hmm. have you run with it, where you say, um, quote, nightmares reach out forcefully to show us that we need to make changes in our lives and deepen our connection with our inner light, um, end quote. And what this came up, brought up for me is that in the Vajrayana Tantra traditions, they talk about uh, wrathful forms of liberation. It's actually a family of practices that allow one to bring, again, armed with the right view, uh, which again is the great gift of your book, um, create kind of a spirit of warriorship, of bravery, of courage, armed with this right view to realize the processes, the phenomenology of what these dreams actually are, And then, in fact, armed with that to go directly into that which we would normally flee and and therefore um, avail ourselves of of transformative opportunities that are absolutely priceless. So talk to us a little bit more, if you would, about about that, how these these nightmares, when seen in this proper light, can in fact be talked about as as wrathful, semi-forceful methods of liberation, you know, kind of... Red yeah, screaming out for attention. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, one one example I can give um, is is what can happen when we become lucid in a nightmare. Because when we train ourselves, you know, if we if we can manage to say to ourselves, the next time I feel fearful, I will recognize that I am dreaming then we can actually wake ourselves up. We can use it as a lucidity trigger to wake ourselves up within the bad dream that comes along. And so um, one example of of what lucidity can do, uh, this was uh, one of the dreamers in the art of transforming nightmares. And she, uh, she saw a shadowy figure in her lucid dream. She was very scared looking at the face of this shadowy figure because it was a kind of creature. It was human-like creature, but with really long, mangled up hair. And it was all crouched down, hunched in a corner of the room, and there was no light to see. And this creature had its face against the wall. And this was an experienced lucid dreamer. But she said it took everything she had to walk up to this being because it was just so scary. And then as she approached, the figure turned around and faced her. Mm. And she said she looked at the face and it was pure, brilliant, bright light. Mm. And its beauty was incredibly humbling and overwhelming. And she, she was just so astonished by the beauty uh, and, and she woke up feeling very powerful, and um, she had basically faced what what I call the luminous shadow. Yeah. You know, when, when we courageously face the darkness in whatever form it takes, and it's bound to take the form that is the most scary for us personally, if we can face that, we can be gifted with the truth 
You know, this blazing light shines out. And, and that's what we are all made of. We're made of this incredible light. Um, and this is what I call the lucid light, which I go into uh, deeply in Llewellyn's complete book of lucid dreaming. And my feeling really is from my own encounters that this is the light of the soul. It's This is what we are, the essence of all that we are. And so we can encounter this when we actually face these, these fearful beings or creatures or people or shadowy figures in our nightmares. Uh, and that's a beautiful thing. It's very transformative. And um, again, as I say, we then free up energy to do other things with. <laughs> we free up spiritual energy. Um, we, we ease our path uh, into spiritual dimensions because we're, we're bravely facing things that we actually really don't want to face, things that terrify the ego self. When we can bypass that, face these fears with courage, wow, it, it frees you up so much on every level uh, and you feel that in all areas of your life. So that's how we can uh, face nightmares through lucid dreaming. But of course, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I can't get, I can't get lucid, it's too difficult for me, or, or this, this nightmare is so strong that I just wake up immediately sweating and, or screaming and, and I don't know what to do. And so that's why I also have, um, have come up with, with different practical ways of feeling protected, um, going into sleep in a safe way, uh, practicing um, calmness in yoga nidra type states of consciousness, uh, and also doing practical exercises where we go back into the nightmare mentally re-enter it and then have all these options for changing the nightmare, changing our nightmare responses that we can play out in our mind's eye. And some people, if you talk to them about this, they think, ah, oh, but then it's not, you know, it can't be that powerful because it's just, you're just making it up. But it is super powerful. It's, it's a rehearsal. You're basically doing uh, well, what I call lucid dream play, which is when you work and play with the dream in ways that mirror the possibilities of lucid dreaming. And this is a powerful rehearsal that can feel super real on the, on the physical and emotional level. And it's sort of, it's, it's a way of saying to our mind, this is not the only response, you know? We're showing our mind, you don't have to react with fear. You don't have to run away. You can change your direction. You can actually become empowered in that situation. You can call for help or you can send love and light. You can gift yourself with superpowers or hug the monster, whatever feels right, or protect yourself with a protective shield of light. All of these things and so many more options uh, can really help us. So when we do nightmare work, it's important to understand on deep levels that we can change our response. And that itself can be empowering also in waking life. Um, I actually do exercises with, um, with people in my groups where we take a, a, a current waking life situation that, that we're really unhappy about uh, or that we feel we're not responding to properly. And we work with it in the same way as if it were a nightmare to change our response. And it's just so easy, but so illuminating. You know, it's quite astonishing how much we can change when we just put our mind to it. Isn't it? Yeah. And, and I want to really put an exclamation point on, on one thing you were talking about here, Claire, a little bit. And that is that really in, in so many ways, your entire book, and you mentioned this, circumambulates what is 
um, one of the most absolute important topics for me in the psycho-spiritual business, which is, of course, fear. That mm. really everything a nightmare is just a, a way to work with this absolutely foundational aspect of um, in Eastern language, you know, the samsaric condition. Everything is is actually in the relative samsaric world is um, built and constructed on this basis of fear. And so, what you said here that is, I think, so important again, reinstating the power of you, mm. is that nightmares as ways to work with fear allow us to transform um, our relationship to fear altogether and use it when you're talking about the lucid light. I thought that was brilliant, pardon the pun, where <laughs> you use fear as a, as a kind of toll. You know, and, and, um, I'm always interested in word origins and the like, and you probably know that the actual root of the word fear etymologically comes from a word that means fair, F-A-R-E as in toll. And so in a very real way, with the right view, we can actually see fear as embodied in nightmares as, as a kind of toll, a price that we have to pay yeah. to approach the lucid light that's actually held within. And so again, if we have that right view, talk about transforming obstacle into opportunity, we can, we can therefore counterbalance, and I often talk about this, I'd love to hear how this lands with you. Mm-hmm. We can counterbalance uh, Joseph Campbell's very famous aphorism, right? Follow your bliss, which I think is completely valid, but also provisionally so. I actually find it more compelling, uh, Claire, and I've lived a large part of my spiritual life following this aphorism, follow your fear. I mean, if you really want want to grow, go to the places that scare you because fear is a minion of ignorance. Fear is kind of this membrane that surrounds the lucid light. And it's only fearful if we don't understand what it is. And really, with a proper lens, it becomes the absolute toll, the gate for uh, the most um, profound levels of illumination and transformation. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, we can actively face our fears through through either lucid dream play, working with a dream while we're awake, um, or through lucid dreaming. Uh, one woman, um, she, she got lucid in a dream, and she said, show me something important. And then there was this tunnel that opened up, uh, and inside the tunnel, she, she got sucked down into it, and there was this gruesome, shadowy figure, and she was absolutely terrified. And the dream told her that this was her fear of death. Hmm. And she woke up, and this is almost the worst part of it. She woke up, but she was in sleep paralysis, and this figure was lying beside her in the bed, breathing down her neck. Mm-hmm. So it carried on being terrifying even after she'd woken up. Now, um, she was very upset by this, but being, you know, a very uh, sort of very practiced lucid dreamer, the next day she decided, okay, I'm going to face this. She fell asleep and she went back into that dream. And again, she was dragged down into the tunnel. But this time, instead of fighting and feeling terror, she just accepted it. And the moment that she accepted being pulled down towards this scary figure, she suddenly was elevated up into luminous clouds and bathed in golden light. And every cell in her body vibrated with pure ecstatic bliss. So that was another kind of a a very, very transformational thing where you come out of something like that and you understand, okay, so death does not have to be frightening. Death is pure light. You know, death is returning to that, to that, 
blissful vibration <laughs> that we all have within us, but that we we somehow manage to forget or get out of touch with. And so that can really transform your fears in a tangible way, because in a lucid dream, you're there, you're actually right there experiencing this. And I often think that when we wake up with every cell in our body vibrating, whether it's with um, this blissful, lucid light experience, or whether it's with healing energy, uh, which also happens, then that's it really shows you that the dream has had its effect on this profound level of your being. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us. And again, a special thanks to Dr. Claire Johnson for the second interview and for sharing her remarkable research and insights with us. If you enjoyed this episode as usual, be sure to check out all the other offerings on Nightclub these days. There's a lot happening. Until next time, pleasant dreams. <laughs>